Welcome to day three of our look through Hebrews chapter five. We're going to look at verses eight to 10 today. In fact, I'd like to begin by reading those verses, talking about Jesus. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And he was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. We've been looking through who Jesus is, the great mystery revealed of who Jesus is, the one that goes to the depth of our heart. He is God and he is man. Jesus is God, although he was a son, it begins here. It's a reminder of the fact that he is God. But then he learned obedience from what he suffered, a reminder of the fact that he is man. And we've been walking through these three things in this passage that you and I can learn about how to live the life that God has given. Jesus is our example. He went before us. So now I'm trying to follow him. We're trying to follow him. What does it mean to follow him? Well, as a man, we learned he was a man of dependent petition. He depended on God with all his heart because he knew that God was the only way. The only way that God's will was going to be done in this world is through God's strength, God's power. Now, that may sound obvious, but I miss that too many times in life. I depend on myself because I'm depending on my strength, my emotion, my heart, my willingness But that's not how anything gets accomplished. It's through God's strength. So dependent petition, truly believing that. The more I believe that it's only by God's strength, the more dependent my petition will become. And then we've learned about reverent submission from Jesus. The unselfishness, the kind of unselfishness that grows out of my relationship with God in all of my relationships. Only Jesus can do this in us, and he will do this in us as as we follow him. But then there's a third thing we learn in verse 8, verse 8 and 9, this Learned obedience. The scripture here says Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Now, before we talk about learning obedience, we need to deal with a couple of things in this passage. It says, once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. Jesus made perfect. What does that mean? I think we read this and our first thought is he learned obedience. Wasn't Jesus already obedient? Was there ever a time when he didn't obey? And you're right. He never didn't obey. So how could he learn obedience? How could he be made perfect when he already was perfect? The Greek word for made perfect there is the word teleothesis, which doesn't mean going from imperfection or immaturity to perfection or maturity. It means finishing something. It means completing something. So the idea, as we talked about earlier in Hebrews, of being made perfect for Jesus is the idea that he completed all that God had for him to complete. He learned obedience from what he suffered. The idea of learning obedience there is every time he suffered, he chose to obey. There's a reminder here, though, for your life and my life. Obedience is not imposed upon our lives. It's learned in our lives. And That learning often comes through suffering. It often comes through difficulty. It often comes through pain and trials. It was true of Jesus, so it's obviously true of us. In fact, the reason Jesus walked through this is to be an example for us. Now, the question when I talk about learning obedience, the obvious question is, how do we learn obedience? How are you going to learn obedience in your daily life? Well, you sit down and you read God's Word, and God's Word As you see, the truth in God's word energizes God's spirit within you to focus his word in your daily life, to do what God's word says to do. And the more you do that, the more you read and do what God's word says to do, the more you're learning obedience. That's a start, but that's not all. I I would actually love it if that was the only way we needed to learn obedience, but that's that's not how we're wired as human beings. 
God knows that if he's going to really teach us obedience, it's also going to come through suffering the consequences of not obeying. That's how we learn. That's how we learn as little children. When I do something wrong, when I put my hand in a fire, I get it burned, I know I'm not going to do that again. And that's even how we learn as adults. When I'm prideful in a business meeting, it has consequences down the road towards how somebody reacts towards me, and I learn I'm not going to do that again. We learn obedience through God's word. We learn obedience through God's spirit. But we also learn obedience through the circumstances in life that cause us to turn to God's word and God's spirit. An example. Let's suppose you're reading God's word about pride. And you think, I I don't want to be a person of pride. I want more humility in my life. And you pray that most dangerous of prayers. I'm not exactly recommending this prayer, although Jesus did exemplify this attitude, so it wouldn't be a bad thing to pray for, but it's a scary thing to pray, to pray, God, give me humility. When you pray that prayer, God will answer it. He'll use the power of his word, the power of his spirit, working through the circumstances in your life. So there will be circumstances that come into your life that will humble you. Now, the truth of the matter is, whether you pray that prayer or not, you're a human being, you're inadequate, you're living in a world where you don't know everything that's going to happen, circumstances are going to humble you no matter what. But having prayed about it, having looked at God's word and God's spirit, all of a sudden you start to look at your circumstances differently. God has a thousand and one ways to bring humility into your life. Multiply that by a hundred or a thousand and you're probably about right. But even if you read the Bible six hours a day every day, read every verse about humility again and again and again, that is not all you need for your growth. Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. We're going to follow in his ways. So I need God's word, but I also need the reality of circumstances. Now, you might read the Bible six hours a day. How many hours a day do you have circumstances? Well, really 24 hours a day. Even when you're sleeping, you get awakened sometimes in the middle of the night and irritated by something, and the pride can work up in your life 24 hours a day. Now, the difference between Jesus and us is he was totally obedient, and we are not. But even in our sin, even when we don't follow, God uses circumstances to grow us. Proverbs 20, 30 says, sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. As human beings, we rarely change our ways until it's obvious, until sometimes we even get desperate. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. God lights a fire under us, and that causes us to get moving. And often, we will put up with things in our lives that we know need to be changed. We know they should be changed. The way I talk to people, the things that I look at, the heart that I have towards that person, the unforgiveness that I'm holding in my life, whatever it is, We know it needs to be changed. We have this idea that someday it'll be changed. But when we begin to feel pain about it, when it begins to affect our relationship with God and others, or maybe even our health, then, then we begin to think about truly changing. Sometimes God has to bring some storms into our lives to help us to know, I gotta do something. I gotta get some shelter in my life because there's a storm coming. Jesus was tested by the circumstances in his life. And you and I, we'll be tested as well. We learn obedience through that testing. Jesus moved from being untested to being tested and proven. He was always perfect. He was always God. But he was tested and proven in certain sufferings of his life. The gold of his natural purity was put on a crucible. It was melted down with white-hot pain so that he could learn from that experience, from that suffering, and prove the purity of who he already was. Now, how did he suffer? Verse 7 says he suffered all the days of his life. 
So there was suffering in everything that he experienced because he's perfect. He's in an imperfect world. Of course, he's always suffering. He's always having grief. But many in this passage particularly see the Garden of Gethsemane and the suffering that happened then. Some think that the phrase, save him from death, he called to the God, to the one, the Father who could save him from death. When Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me, that this is possibly what this is referring to. Whether it is or not, this is certainly part of the suffering that Jesus faced and a focal point, that moment when in that garden he talked to his father and he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, this cup of suffering of the cross. He had limited himself. He did not know everything. So if there was another plan that God had, now was the moment to know it. Now was the moment to reveal it. And yet in his heart, he knew that he would be following God's way. And he prays that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane the prayer of dependent petition, the prayer of reverent submission, the prayer of learned obedience. He prays, not my will, but your will be done. That's our prayer. That's what we pray. Let's pray together right now. Our Father, not my will, but your will be done at my work, in my relationships in my parenting, in my marriage, in my looking for a marriage, in my friendships, in my goals, in my future, in my health, in every area of my life, my financial life, my relational life, my sexual life, my spiritual life, my social life, every area of my life, not my will, but your will be done. I want what you want. And Jesus, I want to follow you. So help me to, instead of trying to do this on my own strength, realize it comes from the strength of following you. I learn obedience from your word. I'm empowered for obedience through your spirit. I'm encouraged to obedience through the circumstances of my life. But in the end, it's all about following you through it all. So today, in the circumstances of my life, Give me the strength, I pray, to follow you. In your name I pray, amen. Tomorrow we're going to look at what to do when we get stuck in our growth. Mm-hmm.